you're listening to Art of the Flow. Hello, and welcome to the Art of the Float podcast, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of starting and running a float center, providing insights and tips along the way. We even share some of our mistakes, so you don't have to make them. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. Join the conversation by leaving a speak pipe for us on artofthefloat.com. Visit our site to find show notes, links, and pictures from every episode. I'm one of your hosts, Amy Grimes, from Float Nashville. And we'd like to thank you so much for joining us over this holiday. You'll find that the episodes you're about to listen to are going to be a little bit different. Just like you, we are off spending some time with our family. So this week, we're going to be foregoing our usual chatter and doing some mini episodes. But don't worry, they are going to be great and packed with excellent and usable information. We have our guest tonight, John McKenzie from The Training Hub, who is actually someone who we know very well. You may recognize his names from earlier episodes or perhaps from a conversation as he is a business coach for both Float Nashville and also with the Float Shack. Yay. Yay. Yay! Which brings me to my incredible, incredible host, Dylan with the Float Shop hey in there. Portland, Oregon. Hey now. <laughs> Lance with the Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And our very, very special guest, mm-hmm. producer Brian, who we don't get to hear often enough. And John, I would like to take another moment and welcome you to our show. Welcome. Thanks, Amy. So glad to have you here. Now, before we get into the meat of this episode, I want to take a moment and make sure we uh, take a moment and celebrate our sponsors this evening. Dylan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Float Away and your own experience with them? I would love to. Thank you very much. Uh, the mm-hmm. thing I would like to talk about tonight is the fact that we sold our Tranquility float tank, which I'm really excited about. That's been in the works for quite some time. And so our old Tranquility is on the way out. Our new one has been in there for quite some time. And although we're a little bit sad about it going because that was the first tank we ever set up, we're so happy it's going to another beautiful family who is going to be floating people in it and loving that they're going to be taken care of by Colin and Jenny at Float Away because that's such an important thing of knowing who you're going into business with. And we can proudly say that Colin and Jenny take care of their customers so well, exceptionally well. Um, So we are... Just so excited about that. If you're interested in their float tanks, you can always go to floataway.com. That's www.floataway.com to check them out and see their suite of float tanks. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to Float Helm. Uh, Float Helm is... Gosh, I always have trouble with this part because it does so many things. It's online software that does... Ah, scheduling for your float tanks. It does uh, tracking for your water maintenance. It does scheduling for your employees. It also is a great place to keep your documentation as well as lot uh, for for your employees as well as project management software. So you can keep track of all your projects, uh, delegate them to people, uh, set up tasks and reminders. It's very robust. It's pretty impressive. So for that, you want to go to www.floathelm.com. 
Sounds like the only thing it doesn't do is cook my dinners. <laughs> but hopefully they're going to be working on that upgrade soon. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Ian, would you get on that? Yeah. <laughs> Ian's great over there. It's fantastic. So this evening, we do once again have John McKenzie from Training Hub. Welcome, John. Welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Amy. So glad to have you, and I have to admit, it is kind of odd to have you in this setting. I'm, uh, we oh, just funny. actually had a, an amazing conversation earlier today, helping me out with some things. So it is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Love to be here. Awesome. So tonight, uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about employee management. And I really, really love this topic mostly because I'm so bad at it um, because it's really something <laughs> that I have had a very large learning curve mm -hmm. you know as someone I was a massage therapist um, all my other works I was uh, early on in my career I was a consultant and all those jobs you do alone mm -hmm. you don't have to manage anybody except myself and you know I, at my age you kind of figure out how to manage yourself but um, but I was never very good uh, with employees this was something I really had to learn from the beginning so John Oh, I just want to add and just throw my hat mm -hmm. yeah. in, in the ring Please as well do. as saying like I've had an uphill battle about being an employer and it's just it's just such a different it's just so different than any other aspect of your life until you're in that very specific scenario. So I'm excited mm -hmm. about tonight's episode as well. Uh, Lance, and I, I was going to say, Dylan, real quick, I don't know about you, but was it something that you that you kind of dreaded or something that you kind of avoided until you had to actually deal with it? Or was it you ready to jump right in? Managing people? Yeah, uh, managing. I, I cycled because I think like yeah. sometimes I came off too direct and I was an asshole. And, and then I got really gun shy uh, because people said I'm an asshole, <laughs> you know, or, or we had a girl quit because I, uh, some stuff I said, uh, an LMT actually, uh, which I think I've talked about this before. All, all, all I said was that you can relax now. It's you're, you're on board. It's okay. You can relax because she was clearly very like, uh, kind of holding herself tightly and, and was still like, uh, almost like she was in her job interview. And so I just wanted to help her relax, but uh, it came across very poorly, apparently, because uh, she wanted none of it. So, uh, so I had a, a much, uh, just an uphill uh, learning curve to, to dealing with people, mm. uh, to employees specifically. Yeah, I, th I think it's always a learning curve. Like, I don't think anybody starts their first <laughs> business uh, knowing how to manage employees. You may think you do. Right. You may think you're, you know, you're opening your doors with, uh, you, you got everything down pat, but. Um, you know, as I'm very excited to talk about this topic, we learned a very lot, or we learned a lot talking about this. Um, ever since uh, we started working with John, that was a huge thing is managing employees, but that's through uh, documentation for us. So we worked really hard at creating uh, manuals and getting everything that was going on in our head and on sticky notes here and there and scattered all over the place into um, procedures and uh, manual for our employees. So. Very excited to talk about uh, employee management. And I think that's a great place to start, John, because this is something you've been really uh, uh, very, uh, very instrumental in helping, I know, Mark and I to do, my partner and I to do, as well as Lance. Um, can you tell us, docu documenting systems and creating systems, where is a good place to start? Because that, is a, that almost feels like a very overwhelming task. What are some things that we can do to break that down and make it manageable? 
Amy, you're the documentation queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised, my friend. Well, <laughs> well first of all, Mark isn't though. <laughs> your documentation and procedures yeah. is really a big part of the value of your company. If you want to sell it, that's what people are buying, really. Add that in your cash flow. So, wow. if you first take into consideration the population you're talking to, there's about we, we tend to talk to people or write things down and only 20% of the population is really auditory. Hmm. Uh, 40% is video or uh, visual and the other 40% is, is kinesthetic, which has got a lot of visual content mm-hmm. to it. You know, the touchy feely mm-hmm. kind of things. So, and those are the people that really have to try it and experience it. So the reality is when you're documenting uh, your business, all the procedures in it, First of all, there is no procedure that's too simple um, to document. How to, sure. how to um, uh, open your business in the morning. Yeah. Um, imagine you're, you've never worked there before and you're handed the keys. What do you do? Uh, there could be an alarm system. There could be anything. Turn on the computer. All of that stuff. So there's nothing too simple. Um, but cashing out uh, a checklist checklists are great for me too i love those uh, you want to get a clean room um, if you say please clean the room uh, to three different people you'll get three different results if you show them a picture of a clean room you'll get a much closer to a consistent clean uh, and if you add the corners and pictures of the corners and the critical areas it'll be even better so Take into consideration uh, the visual end of it. So I like pictures, I like videos, and some text to bring it all together. And if you can put that in like a PDF file, you can then index it and create a help file on your computer. So people then go search for things. Um, I know Lance at the the, uh, Float Shack has done a fantastic job of linking that stuff together and getting those. Yeah, I was was just gonna mention um, something you know, I want to mention there is uh, imagine explaining how to clean the inside of your float tank to a new hire employee. Now you write it down, you know, take your scrubby pad and scrub the float tank. You know, you can you can try and get it down in writing, but creating a video showing how you expect it to be wiped down and show the end result. So not only um, but yeah, having stuff in visual form and in writing form and actually showing somebody how to do it one-on-one is, you know, can be put in multiple different uses in multiple different places of your business. Yes. And it so, also helps with consistency. That, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so Lance, when you, with your video assets, how do you, how do you deliver those to your employees? Do you have them just in a folder on the desktop or do you have a different well, system for it? A lot of them right now I just have recorded and on my computer um, ready to basically put into a big giant video manual. So I haven't um, like consistently had a way to deliver it to my employee. It's in the works. To record all this stuff takes hours upon hours upon hours of, you know, we, we try to get everything from how to fold a towel, how to remove stains from a towel, how to mix vinegar, how to mix peroxide, how to every single aspect. If if we do it and you get it down in video, um, that's I find that's the golden ticket. You can build everything off of that. You have audio and you have video. Um, 
you can spend one day recording all this or extended periods of time and then flip that over into a manual, flip that over into audio bits, flip that over into, you know, a giant program or, you know, video training manual. It's... As far as where we keep ours, um, one thing that we found to be really helpful is Dropbox. Dropbox has uh, been a great way to organize our videos and also creates easy links. Uh, We use Slack, and Dropbox and Slack work together beautifully. You can actually attach your... Uh, your Dropbox to your Slack, Slack account, to your Slack account, that would be. And uh, it works really, really well. So, yeah, I, I yeah. love, love, love. It That's... really does increase the value of your company to have something like that. Because somebody mm-hmm. can step into your company and run it. And sometimes that's, that's the motivation it takes to do these things. Yeah, you know, it's, it's nice for the employees, but when you find out it, it does certainly value your company, um, add value to, that's certainly a really great reason to get out there and take the time to do it. Because it can, like Lance was saying, it's, it is a long process. Mm-hmm. And um, like John was saying, you could, we, we focus a little bit on selling your business, but not only selling, once you have it down in a manual, all your procedures, how to market, how to open, how to close, how to deal with clients. Um, you can not only sell your business and get top dollar for it, but you can duplicate it. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, that's, you, you can start a second location and your whole business is there in a book, in a that's program. The plan of a, a lot of float centers is to, to have multiple float centers. And so if you can just, co- I mean, quite literally copy paste that, that's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what happens when you buy a franchise is most of the value of the franchise is in that documentation. Mm-hmm. And you all know how much you pay for a franchise. Lots. Lots, mm-hmm. lots, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So that's really, really critical. And that's the foundation, basically, of your business. And you can get your employees involved in this, in the videoing and everything else. You can do the first part. And then for all your updates, get your employees involved because they'll remember it. And those are the people actually executing it anyway. So they, they probably know a little bit more and um, it helps and after you do this then you can have uh, more employment employee engagement Um, I like to call it a destination workplace where actually people want to come and work for you (laughs) yeah people like clarity is that what you're saying (laughs) <laughs> yes, <laughs> they absolutely do. If I may, um, I think you, you described a PDF file. Uh, Amy said Dropbox. Uh, yep. We use Google Drive. And I also want to mm-hmm. note that Helm uh, also has uh, documentation as well. I think the reason we haven't switched over to that is because as far as I'm aware, they don't use photos or video within that. And I really love the visual aspect in Google Docs to be able to take pictures of like a clean float tank or a hydrometer. I mean, whatever it is, the, the visual aspect as well. So I just, I just wanted to put that out there as well. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. For you, Dylan, do you with your assets in Google Drive? Do your employees? Um, do you, who does the upkeep of the documentation? Is yeah, that it's you? a Is live. Your employees? It's a live document. It's crowdsourced. So I mean, okay. I was the first employee, so obviously I wrote like the bare bones of it. Um, but then uh, and and like took out of my journals uh, about writing about the float shop and stuff. Like stripped that out and put it into the shared drive, and then they just kind of add to it and expand it and. Um, when somebody notices something's out of date, which usually comes up while training somebody, um, then it gets updated and rewritten. So a follow-up kind of related to that question for maybe Lance and Amy. Um, Lance, you mentioned I, I recognize how much work and effort it is to 
do to make to create videos for, for training. <laughs> yeah. Um, what happens when those videos become out of date? Mm. Um, how do you how do you keep that data? <laughs> how do you keep that fresh? Because obviously, like Google Document, really easy to just throw some new photos in, new text, video. You've got to re-record. Have you run into that yet, or um, what? Have you, no. if, you've, if so, what have you done to solve it? Well, of course, you know that's going to happen with any any documentation is going to have to be updated and recorded, things like that. But um, I think it's good for about two years before we would have to update, and that's what I would foresee in planning. But a lot of a lot of the things are pretty basic. Um, I think we've worked hard to um, figure out what works best for us, and we've fine tuned the procedures we have. That if we make a video on how to clean a float tank, um, the basis of it's pretty like pretty simple. I don't see it changing. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of these these manuals and procedures, I hope won't change that much. I hope we won't have to make a new video on how to, you know, wipe down walls or clean trim or simple things like that. Um, but it's 2016. It's it's not hard to mm-hmm. record a video. Um, it, it really isn't. We, we spend more time fussing about the editing and, the, and getting it perfect and the transitions and the audios. It's the content, and that's what we need to focus on. Don't worry about, you know, you need a specific camera, you need this. Just just record it. Just get it done. Uh, get it out there, and it's, um, you know, it shouldn't be as difficult as it, as it may have been, you know, five or, or ten years ago to create a video manual of your business. We're not splicing sure. film together. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no. No one's I mean, on the floor with fact, tape. May I ask, Lance, so you so you were breaking down it into little, little pieces, so you don't do just, like, one big walkthrough video. You're like... This is cleaning well, the walls. This is wiping down the tank so that you can, like, let's say something does change. Like, you tear out your showers and you add a new shower in. You can just pull out that piece and add another uh, yeah. piece in for how to clean the showers. How, how I'm breaking down the videos is broke, broke down into major categories, and then there are subcategories. So one would be maybe, like, opening procedure in the morning, how to open up. And then inside that opening procedure be how to do cash out how to do morning checks on the tanks, how to, you know, everything else that happens in the morning. So if, you know, one aspect of that changed or we'd have to um, add something, we can simply just add that new category. It's basically like, imagine creating a PDF document that's broken down with an index. Imagine that just in a video form. Like, it's not going to be acted out, you know, consecutive role-played drama of how to run a float center. Um, so um, it, it's, it's getting that content in that, in that visual form because, you know, some people are going to learn, like John said, by reading it, but some people need to see it. So um, if we have it there, it can always be referenced, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, no. you can use your phone camera. Especially video. if... You know, yeah. it's just your employees seeing it. Um, right. Right. You know, it's not going on YouTube. It's not a live stream. It's um, it's all yeah. about the content. Mm-hmm. And John, a lot of our videos, um, especially the cleaning ones, we've we all have already done twice, and and they literally are some phone videos. Um, they're not pretty, but <laughs> they get the job done. They get they get it across. So exactly, it's what we had to do to get going. Yep. I uh, want to get back to John, but Lance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, one one more thing, which is uh you said um, it, it, they're not on YouTube. Maybe I missed it because I had a baby and haven't slept at all. But uh, where, where are you storing your video? Like, how does that work? Oh, my, on my hard drive. 
Uh, no, I, what I said there is they don't have to be perfect. You can record whatever. Those videos are just being seen by you and your employees within your company. It's not going on YouTube. Um, so you don't have to be so self-critical. Oh, oh so that's, that's on, often yeah, uh, on the computer in your business. Yeah, when I share my videos, it's just on my computer. Okay, got it. Um, yeah. It's all internal. So I'd, got it. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd... Yeah. So, John... We talked about documentation, but I'll be honest, this is something that I really, uh, I really have a lot of questions on in general as man in management. Um, this can cover a, a wide range of, of topics, but um, how about if, if you have the documentation done, what are some other things that we should do when we, when we bring on someone new? Um, what do you suggest... Um, what do you suggest uh, for some ideas for onboarding new clientele? We have everything written down. Let's say we have everything documented. But what are some ways to really bring someone on and introduce them to the culture and make, you know, give them the basis for becoming a really great employee? Because um, I find that those first few uh, weeks in particular are really crucial to helping them fit in, to uh, giving them expectations what are some ways that we can uh, make a new relationship with a new employee uh, really solid? Okay. Um, first of all, what I just mentioned something about a destination workplace. So mm -hmm. people will actually want to come and work with you. So the ingredients in that is um, a proper job description. Boring, I know, but <laughs> it's critical. Um, secondly, performance evaluation linked to a job description that's not conflict-based. It's a planning tool. Um, you set your KPIs, your key performance indicators, and let them know what they are. In fact, you can set them with them um, and set the ground rules. Uh, I, um, let me think. One of my clients once, uh, it was a tile store, and they had two senior crew supervisors, tile installers, and they used to call the owner about each one about six to seven times a day. And mm -hmm. it got just craziness. So what we did is these guys between them had probably 60 years experience. So what we did is we said, okay, do you trust them? The owner said, yes. Okay. So we said $5,000 limit, anything under $5,000, they just go and do, they make their own decisions. They're quite capable of doing it. Anything over five, you might want to call the owner just to get his approval. And um, that worked out really well. The calls dropped to maybe one or two every two days. And then he felt so comfortable, he upped it to 10,000. Nice. So that's nice. those are ground rules, right? Um, so your, your job description should entail things like um, position, who you report to, sounds dumb, but I've had in companies of 10 people, I've had the same person think they report to the wrong person, in fact. Um, their pay rate, the probationary period, full-time, part-time, all that stuff. Duties and responsibilities. Okay, those are the tasks, which everybody thinks is a job description. Mm -hmm. um, what's the most important part of a job description is the next section that says, I will achieve the following results in this position. Okay. And that's the key. What are those KPIs you're setting or the results you want? Because you hire somebody for results, you don't hire them for tasks. If you hired them for tasks, you'd hire a government employee. 
Because they're great on tasks, <laughs> not great on results. Uh, by the way, there's no government employees listening to this, are there? Uh, we're we're going to hope not. Hope not. <laughs> Either ex-employees but or future. It's okay. It's okay. I was a government employee years ago. Um, Can you give us some examples of some KPIs that oh, might sure. be um, for a float center specifically? Let me think. Um, Putting you on the spot. KPIs. Um, handling complaints and, and, properly. Um, greeting gotcha. properly. Uh, but mostly it's complaints. Uh, complaints. Uh, cleanliness are big on KPIs, um, and you measure complaints like customer complaints. Um, you say, okay, if I this person did a bad job, what would happen? You'd have customer complaints. So you set the standard the way it is now, and now you set the next six months is going to be an improvement on that. So if it's three complaints, we want really two and then one. Unrealistic to assume that nobody's ever going to complain. And then it's a question of how they handle it. So a lot of KPIs in general can be revenue, can be all kinds of things for the owners. Mm -hmm. uh, for the owners, for instance, a nice KPI is um, uh, gross profit divided by the number of employees. Oh. It's called productivity. Mm -hmm. um, so, or revenue even. Uh, so when you hire somebody new, for three months, that's going to be really impacted. But you understand that if you hire somebody new, that's going to increase everybody's productivity because of increased business. So it should be a better ratio two to three months down the road. Um, another thing is I'll meet the following standards. And those standards can be uh, like timesheets and phone calls answered within three calls and things like that. Um, Another thing, I already have or quickly develop the following knowledge, skills, and abilities needed for this position. That's where I like to cut and paste some of the resume they sent, submitted. Mm. So it's right there in front of them. Um, and it, this is something they're going to sign. So it's like a contract. Mm -hmm. So if they lied. Um, mm -hmm. They're in um, trouble. Mm -hmm. trouble. I meet other specific requirements, and that's where, you know, if you're in construction, you have to lift 100 pounds, or if you're a heavy wow. duty mechanic, 50 pounds, or whatever that is. Um, what? Why are you going to hate on heavy duty mechanics like that? We lift <laughs> way more than those construction Minimum, guys. minimum. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Minimum. Which, which is an important thing here in the U.S., I think, in, uh, with our, with our uh, insurance. We have yeah. to state that anyway. So. Yes. Um, Super important to have them sign something saying they can do that. Yes. I will follow our policies and procedures. And usually I see Float Nashville's employee handbook and standard operating procedures, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then at the end of my positional contract, I like to say, um, I've reviewed and understand this position contract. I commit to doing whatever it takes to be successful. I recognize that my remuneration may reflect my success and the company's success. I'll always communicate honestly and openly with my employer and colleagues. I'll ask for help when I need it. Reviewed, sign. So that sets expectations, but really it's, they're signing off on the results you want them to obtain. Mm. And then based on that, you can do a performance appraisal and out of that should come some kind of plan to take them to the next level. And so that was one. Yeah. Yeah. It's Go ahead, I'm sorry. I've been involved in too many that are involved in, let's say, 
you will get a raise out of this or you won't get a raise um, or bonuses depend on it. I once uh, in my consulting world or consulting life uh, had a long-term contract and the company I was working for made me take some of their employees on my team. So I had to do their performance reviews and plans and it was about 20 pages each and the minimum uh, bonus was $10,000. So do you think they argued with me every time I talked to them? And if I gave them anything below a perfect, my God, it was horrible. So we took, take all that crap out of there and just, it's, it's really just planning, that's all. And it's easier when you approach it like that and define everything. If you're gonna mark them on a one to five, define what one to five is so it's consistent. Um, okay. And you can have an employee handbook if you don't already had one and they're generally broken down by general policies like admin, employment standards, equal opportunity, lost productivity, customer service, communications with clients, professional conduct when you're on the job, employee guidelines. I mean, simple things like here's, how you, here's when you get paid and here's how you get paid. I mean, how many times have I seen where an employee comes up to the owner and says, what, is this, what does this mean on the, on the pay stub? How come I get this money taken off? Um, oh. How to deal with uh, garnishes and judgments, um, salary ranges, performance reviews, holidays, what are the statutory holidays? All of that stuff should be there. And it, 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 it just answers all your questions. It's so funny how when you get, you get creating these manuals, um, you just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And the more you create, the more it makes you think that you need to write down more. And you end up just getting just a, every possible thing you could imagine like imagine if you were to as a business owner like i know matthew and i you know we built this from the ground up it was just i him and i and um but we said if we were to step back how do we have our like who's going to take all the jobs that we currently do and how are they going to do it up to our standards and our expectations so you start writing everything down like how to wipe the stairs, how to sweep the sidewalk out front, when to sweep the sidewalk, how much snow does there need to be before you sweep the sidewalk? Um, it, it just seems like a wormhole, but then you step back and you read it, and it's very, very valuable information. I know it feels like we're holding everything, our entire business in this this manual we've created. And another cool manual that um, we actually had an employee do majority of the work on um, and it's fabulous. It is a manual on how to train a manager. So basically a manager training a manager. And the employee that we did, that we got to do it, was not a manager. But she had to put herself into that role. Basically, she was to train somebody to do the job that she was training for. <laughs> and so. she did a great job, by the way. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yep. It's awesome. So if you combine all of that stuff and document your business, set reasonable expectations on results, because how many times do people say, well, you never told me that. <laughs> Tell them what mm -hmm. you expect them to accomplish, because that's the key. Um, and if, if they're rewarded in a performance appraisal, call it whatever you will, um, and it's a planning tool to help them get better, and progress, um, they should stick with you for quite a while it, and it'll be a really good place to work. I also do a disc on, on uh, managers and owners also, and sometimes employees, but we'll talk about that John, later. 
John, for yeah. those who don't know, oh, okay. I was going to ask, yeah. uh, for those who don't know, what's a disc? We'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> very helpful thing. Yeah. Um, you know, John, I have to say one of the most, one of the best things that you taught us, and one thing that's really helped us with our employees, is um, actually sitting down with them and creating goals, uh, and not not basing raises on just how long they've been there and performance performance reviews and that sort of thing, um, because the reality of it is here's the set of skills that they have to have when they come in. It's the basic desk and the basic um, care of the float tanks. But when they start learning how to change the water in a float tank, or we recently had someone really take ownership of inventory and and uh, making sure that we have everything we need at all times, she's taken on a project and it's really nice to uh, be able to develop that. Not that she, we hope she'll ever leave us, we hope she stays with us forever, but she is. She's getting a new skill and I would, you know, I, I certainly appreciate she's taking something off my plate and being able to pay her for that is satisfying to her and uh, it's very satisfying to us as employees as well. And that the, has changed our dynamic completely. Absolutely. The, way, the more you can do that, the safer it is for you to phone in one day and say, won't be in for two months. <laughs> and the thing runs. <laughs> and guess what? Uh, then you're selling a business with cash flow, not a business to somebody that wants a job. Hmm. And people pay way more money for a business with cash flow that they don't really have to work in. So true, mm -hmm. so true. Hmm. Interesting. Would you, uh, so one of the management tools that, that you had taught us or that you discussed with us at one point that we really took and ran with um, was monthly staff meetings. Has those have changed everything. What are some things that you feel are important to discuss or what, what do you think is the best way to utilize that time with employees? And do you think we do them monthly? And I don't think you actually brought that up to us in the beginning. I think you were even just talking quarterly or bi-monthly. Um, but is, how, how frequently is important to have that time together with your staff? And what are some ways to make the most of that time? Uh, staff meetings are absolutely critical. Um, for staff meetings, once a month is not a bad time. In between, what I would do is something some people call huddles, where you get together with them and take 10 minutes. What's important happening today? That kind of information, how are we going to approach it? Here, here's something I foresee. Here are some of the problems we may have. Uh, but your staff meetings, be they every two weeks, every month, every quarter, uh, first of all, critical, an agenda. Uh, and the agenda should have uh, time limits on each agenda piece. Too many meetings start off with, we're going to take an hour and three hours later. Yeah. You're still in the meeting. Um, Been in those. Yep. Mm -hmm. So in a meeting, you shouldn't do any work. The work should be done before the meeting. So what you're doing is discussing the finished products and then making decisions based on those. So you can delegate the work to your people and bring it, present it to us, and we'll make a decision. That keeps them involved. Um, so you discuss it, other work, and then the decisions are made. And you really have to... Uh, I was at a meeting once in, in a manager's meeting, and one of the VPs ran over. I threw a water balloon at him. <laughs> Didn't like it. It was a big oil company. But they followed the agenda after that. 
So uh, it's pretty is, effective motivation. Is the uh, employee get together time? Is that not a good time for brainstorming? Oh, if you have a brainstorming session, sure, allocate it in the agenda, but say it's only for this amount of time. But yeah, too many people okay. come to a meeting with no work done and there's an agenda item and you start doing the work right. from scratch. Right. And it's, it, yeah. that drags meetings. I've seen meetings go almost a full day, day when they were scheduled for an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So, and people get bored and it's lost productivity. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> Hard to believe. <laughs> cool. So those are some little hints on staff meetings. But also, what do you want to accomplish? There's action items at the end of the meeting too, right? You have to have action items. Yeah. Okay. And then you have to be accountable exactly. for those action items, yeah. which... With a I name attached to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difficult thing for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think about staff meetings. They're really good. You get input. Let your staff do a lot of the work. Um, reach decisions based on the results. Have a discussion on the results. Make decisions and create action items and put a name beside the action item. Yeah, I think that wraps up... Um yeah. Wraps up our, our mini episode here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for everybody listening to this little tightly packed dense episode john we look forward to speaking with you next week on another dense episode so uh amy you want to say goodbye to everybody absolutely uh thank you all so much for tuning in today we're really excited we've got two more of these fantastic uh information dense episodes coming up once again we'd like to thank john mckenzie of training hub for joining us and also our fantastic hosts, Lance Dillon and producer Brian. <laughs> Don't forget, if you want some information that's been talked about on this episode, if you're, you can visit us at artofthefloat.com. Remember to leave that speak pipe. Or visit us online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. And until next week, take care of you. Listening to Art of the Float.